So technology, you guys know what I'm talking about? I know. I don't like it. I don't Go trust it. <laughs> Go on. Uh. <laughs> so, if if I am to. Uh, Take the the Apple rumor press at its word, and why oh, wouldn't you? Uh, which yeah, is, yeah, you yeah, should do no that. Uh, the one hundred percent accurate. The car is in crisis, but luckily <laughs> yep. uh, the VR machines are on their way any day now, so we can feel like we're driving an Apple car, even though we won't have one. <laughs> uh, the Apple Car Simulator is in is full fully operational. Have have you guys used any uh, of the recent spate of VR esque technologies? You know, I, I haven't. Weirdly enough, I felt like it would be something I would have you know tried out at some point. But it's like there's there's still not mainstream enough that you go over to someone's house and like, dude, check out this VR thing. Like unless that has you, not happened. I recall unless, when I was unless a kid. you know Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, my parents definitely at some point got me. You know, uh, nineteen uh, early nineties VR headset from like a Hammaker Schlemmer catalog or something of that sort. Wow! That you know you could k- plug in your in- instead of a TV input, you'd have the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo go straight into it. And so it was horrible. Like it made no sense at all, and was not good. Was it thing- like a little CRT yeah, monitor? No, no, you wore it. It went over your head. Like, right, was- right. But my point is, they didn't have like really good oh, flat yes, screens at that point, yes. so they were like a little CRT monitor over your head. <laughs> there were two of them. <laughs> Wow. One each eye, and they would slightly offset the one so that it would, you know, try to have a pseudo 3D kind of effect. This is it did why, not work. It was not good. This is why Lex's neck is as thick as a tree trunk. Uh, um, <laughs> and why his eyes are disturbingly. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, like an anime figure. <laughs> I did this, uh, my most recent birthday, which I guess was last November, uh, my future brother-in-law gave me... Uh, the not the Etch Sketch branded the um you know the the viewfinder branded um, oh yeah Google what do they call it Google it's like, oh, the cardboard the cardboard, cardboard. That's actually the one. that's not true I have tried a cardboard very briefly a couple of weeks ago um, because the uh, I was at the annual MIT mystery hunt the puzzle event I go to every year and Google was sponsoring it so they mm. gave every team like ten cardboards oh did you bring uh, it home no because it only works with Android phones no that's not true. Google Cardboard that totally works with iPhone. Yeah, Does I it? use it with my iPhone. Okay, then, then I guess I should have taken them. I have no idea what happened to them. Dummy. I, I tried one of my – so one of my friends um, – I guess there was a thing where you could, like, take a 360-degree picture, you know, and then you can view it using Google Cardboard. And so a friend of mine took a picture of the room that we were, yet, we were in and then gave me the cardboard. I was like, oh, check this out. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm actually <laughs> in this room. <laughs> Maybe not the most effective demo. It was cool. No, it yeah. was kind of nifty, but like it, you know, it, so it, there are lots of, of apps on the iTunes App Store for or the iOS App Store for cardboard, and many of them are hot garbage. Many of them are not. <laughs> many of them are cold garbage. You no, know, but some of them. Are fun, but it, it was impressive, and I mean, I easily got fifteen solid minutes of of joy out of using it, and now <laughs> so, I have no okay. idea where it is. Can we uh, just um, to clarify? Cardboard is literally just like a piece of cardboard that you fold into a shape and insert your phone into. Well, but it has lenses, right? There, it actually oh, it lenses. has lenses inside. Yeah. Oh, there are yeah. lenses yeah. inside. Okay, okay. And and there are multiple cardboard compatible devices. So, like, um, uh, do you remember the viewfinder? Like that red toy that kids have? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have so one. They... I have one right here. 
They make one. There is a Viewmaster virtual reality. I think it's called Viewmaster, not Viewfinder. There's a Viewmaster virtual reality device, that, which is what they gave me. It's a $20 device that is totally compatible with Google Cardboard. It's the same thing. It's just this one looks more like a Viewmaster thingy. and Which makes sense because that's basically what that was. I can hear the distinctive spring-loaded sound of a Viewmaster. I had one of those as well. And so it was, you know, it was cool. And when you, depending on the quality of the app, uh, you could really, you know, look around and see stuff. And it really was immersive feeling. You could look down and there well, was the floor. And so whatever. it was cool. So for, um, for her birthday last year, my girlfriend wanted to try out, there was this traveling art sort of tech exhibit called Birdly, which was making the rounds and they had to hear it. Essentially it's a, you put on a VR helmet and then you put on, you get in this like chair that has like actuators on it. And so it's essentially, it's a VR experience of being a bird flying over New York City and you can control it. Oh, and oh, they right, have like right, a right. fan that goes in your face so you feel like there's wind. And she really wanted to do it. And she went, and it's like a three minute, five minute thing or whatever. It was free and was uh, just kind of an interesting art installation. But she was, she was, she loved it. She thought it was amazing. You didn't go. Um, and so I, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to, we had limited space and she actually just lucked into it there were people that had an extra ticket and they only had one i was like you really want to do this you should do this right um so i but she she loved boyfriend it. of the year over here yeah that was what i was going for um and so it's interesting because I, I haven't gotten a chance to try any of this stuff out although i just recently started playing on my xbox uh, of a space simulator called elite dangerous which uh there is an oculus rift version of um, and apparently it's fantastic and it makes sense to me because in the game itself, there's like a lot of stuff that you look around for and it's like, Oh, if I didn't have to use like part of the controller to do that, it would feel much more natural to be able to like look in one direction while flying in another direction or something like that. Um, and so I can imagine that game being super cool. I've heard it's one of the best sort of demos for VR, uh, out there, but I don't think the, uh, Oculus is supposedly working with Microsoft and maybe making a compatible version for the Xbox one at some point, but not in, and not anytime soon. It sounds like. And Oculus is still like thousands of dollars. I think it's like six or 700 bucks. Oh, is it really? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not, it's, so it's not like down. super expensive, but it's not cheap. It's not like impulse yeah, buy. Right. No. Um, not for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's interesting to see what all these different plays are. I mean, I have a friend who actually works on uh, HoloLens. Um, and, you know, that's I've, that's one of those things where it's like HoloLens, when they demoed it, I was like, this is, this is dumb. But everybody I've talked to who's actually used it, who has been like, actually, it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I know, I know a guy who was like, who did it, who saw a demo right before they announced it. And he was just like, I mean, it's not. It's not ready yet, but it's pretty darn cool. And that Minecraft stuff. I mean, you show that Minecraft stuff to like a kid my son's age, and they're just like, I, I and I haven't done this specifically for this reason because he will he will do nothing but like demand one of those, even though they're not out yet. For you know, that would be all that we talk about. When is it coming out? <laughs> so here's my question. Then I mean, this is, I think this is what Lex was getting at. It's like, is this an interesting space for Apple to get into? Or is this something that's just totally a gimmick? It, so my take is the the Google approach today is a gimmick for sure, right? Yeah. Like taking your phone and putting it in a thing. Like it's it's clumsy. There's no way to do it that's not clumsy. Like you have to launch the correct app in the thing, get the thing to slide into whatever your headset device is going to be. I don't know if headset is the right word, but you know what I'm talking about. And then 
like if it gets jostled at all in the Viewmaster thing, then <laughs> the effect is totally. You seem like you're looking into some strange, bizarre world. And you have to open mm-hmm. the whole thing up and mm-hmm. fix it again. And you know, it's it's using motion unnecessarily. Like tilt your head to the left to move the menu cursor, and it's so right, you just right. feel like one yeah. of those idiots doing one of those uh. things. Um, uh, so all of that part feels like very goofy to me, but. Um, and it totally, by the way, does use the same spring kind of Viewmaster effect <laughs> as the button push. Um, chunk. Uh, that's the sound. But if there's if there's a way to you know move leaps and bounds beyond, right? If it instead of connecting to your phone is connected to your Apple TV, then there's something interesting there potentially, right? Like if you can find a way to offer really cool immersive experiences, it feels like it's never. I can't imagine you're going to watch TV on a headset, right? You're well, going to want to be able to do other stuff at the same no, time. Right? You, you say if it wasn't connected to your phone, but I'm thinking the phone is far more likely than the Apple TV because it, you know think about it this way: the Apple TV doesn't really it doesn't matter, right? Because it's outputting to a TV, and if you've got a thing on your face or whatever. Right. You don't need that. So, I mean, having something that can, that connects maybe wirelessly to the phone. I'm thinking, like, what if it was almost operated on something kind of like AirPlay, where it was a standalone device, but you could be like, okay, send output to my phone, to my VR right. goggles exactly. or that's whatever. That's what I was thinking. And I was yeah, thinking yeah. it would probably come more yeah. from the Apple TV just because that's where – I don't know. It felt like more TV-ish content to me than phone-ish content. Like, just sure. the launching an app. I want to be able to talk on my phone while I'm doing it. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. I want to be able to tweet. That's, that's the dream. <laughs> Take I'm this here. You want it, you want a 3D meeting, don't you? I mean, yes. a 3D version of this podcast where we're all sitting around because we just, <laughs> that's we, the last thing we're any all totally of us be wants. dicking around while we're doing. Yeah, right, this. right. We're like, you don't want to see what I'm you don't a, see what I look like right now. I'm throwing a 3D ball at your head, John. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> it's like this, it's like that stupid Google Hangouts thing where you can put mustaches on your face. I, I am slightly con- I am slightly concerned that. Um, because I, you know, every time I go to Disney World or one of those places, and I get in one of those things where it's a box and they shake you around, and you know, it simulates it simulates <laughs> that's, that's movement. Not Disney World, John. That's just well, <laughs> that's you on the street. That's, that's me. Yeah, right. <laughs> me in a dumpster. Um, that I get nauseated because you're you're not really moving, and it makes you try, tries to make you think you're moving by tilting you back and forth and pretending to be accelerating the, when you're the, not. And the so, worst part uh, of that ride, by the way, is when you wake up at the end and your kidney's gone and you're a bastard yeah, right. full of ice. Yeah. <laughs> There's that, too, but more the nausea. Um, well, so every a, time I walk out of those things, there was, there was like a Star Wars one years ago that I went into, and I just a, was like, I can't. Star Tours like, is pretty good, actually. Oh, I kind of oh, like God, it. Oh, man. Ugh. I, well, it was fine. I mean, the content was fine, but except for yeah. the fact that it made me sick. I did get that. I rarely get motion sickness, and I agree at one point during one of those because they do a thing where, like, you're falling and it's in 3D and they do tilt you down and stuff. Like, I did that was the closest I've ever gotten to getting motion sick on a ride like that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of people have that problem. Like, I have a lot of friends who don't like playing first person shooters, even on their Xbox, because it makes them nauseous or dizzy. Um, and that's, that's, I think a hard, that's probably the biggest sort of hurdle to overcome, but Mm -hmm. which is interesting because I think that the most compelling part of VR, as we've seen so far is probably games right now. Um, you know, I, I, because of that whole, like, like Lex was saying, like tilt your head left to like (laughs) simulate a button press. It's like, no, you're not going to, that's, that's gimmicky (laughs) and dumb. That's terrible. Um, (laughs) it makes me think of like VRML and like 1990s virtual reality. Um, but you know, oh, having an the, immersive what was the experience. Quick time VR thing? I just remember well, that's that where you had to drag about the cursor that. around. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, and this is the place where I think if Apple was going to like make an entree into the VR experience, I feel like it would be something like that that was like 
it's sort of like taking a 3D panorama or a 3D video or something like that and being able to experience it again like you're actually there or something or yeah or 3D almost like I mean I don't know if 3D FaceTime is like a possible thing but I kind of I kind of feel like that would be something it, it jibes better for me with what the kind of stuff that Apple pushes. Like I'm thinking back to we've talked about that uh, the iPhone commercial from a few years ago, the the Christmas one, and where the guy, the kid, is like taking yeah. a video, and it's like, what if that was like a 3D experience that then he could share with like a family member who wasn't there or something like that? To me, seems like something that Apple would try to make compelling in every day. I agree that I think it would be pretty gimmicky, but. Strikes me as sort of the thin end of the wedge for them because their relationship with gaming is so so fraught. They don't. They still, despite having invented in a super popular gaming platform, I feel like they're always still very surprised about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like people want to play games. Yeah, they they kind of outsource. That. I mean, they they do make uh, the hooks for people to make things for that. You know, to do that stuff easier, but they. The, that stuff is still still seems like it's very arm's length, right? Like yeah. you know, if you guys want to do this, that's fine, and we give you some tools to do it. But we have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm sure there are people somewhere we'll take, who enjoy video game diversion. We'll thirty percent, but we're not going to have any other involvement other than that. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting, and the fact that everybody is working on it is interesting because. It seems unlikely they'll all fail. I don't know. I don't know. Because there was a time when a lot of companies were working on 3D televisions. And I think there are probably still companies working on 3D televisions. But they, There are a bunch of them. They're all like, you can't, it's hard to buy a TV these days. It's not 3D, if you Yeah, like. but it's not happening. It's it, like, I mean, the, yeah. it's, it's, people aren't going to embrace 3D televisions. I feel. No, I, I think you're right. I know a couple of people who've used theirs and like it, but it's also just incredibly, like, there's a limited number of titles. The TVs don't all use the same technology. Um, although I will say that I did recently see on like a genuine IMAX screen with 3D, I, I saw Star Wars, and I actually thought that was one of the few movies I've seen recently where I felt like the 3D experience actually enhanced it for me, um, hmm. which was surprising because I usually hate 3D movies. Okay, um, but that whatever technology they were using there, plus the effect of it on that film, really gave me a sense of like scope and depth that I did not get with the 2D version. Like certain things, just figuring out like in the action scenes like where things were like space relative like relative to that it was just it made more sense to me it was easier to follow certain things but it was definitely uh an aberration for me your opinion is not an uncommon one i think molt actually feels the same why do you typically hate 3d movies one of, part of it is that it is distracting to have something to wear. As someone who doesn't wear glasses, it's distracting to wear them. I know a lot of friends who do wear glasses who find that it's annoying to have to use 3D glasses over their glasses. Right. Um, so, like, that's kind of a, a, a no-win situation. There are certain negative effects, even in a 3D-like movie that I felt like got better. I feel like the colors are weirdly muted. Like, it doesn't look as good in some ways, like, just, like, the quality of the image. That must, so that my biggest objection is that it typically makes everything feel darker. Yeah. Um, I think something about the 3D technology the polarization that maybe. they darken things. <laughs> um but I, I just, I always, my biggest objection, I guess, besides that, is that they, uh, you know, you pay more for the tickets. And like you said, it almost never seems to be adding anything. Like, I was right. told by a, a trusted advisor when I went to see The Martian that I should see it in 3D. And I didn't. I was like, well, why did I do that? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> yeah. just, it, it, it really, it's... I don't know. Well, it takes crutch, me. It takes right? me out of the movie. It takes me out of the movie actually, because because it's this it's this gimmicky thing, and every time I feel like I'm 
mentally trying to focus on the right thing. Like I'm spending so much time trying to adjust to the 3D-ness of it. Like, am I supposed to be looking at the snow falling or am I supposed to be looking at the characters actually acting? And I, it just, that, that mental exercise takes me out of the moment. Yeah. Ruins the movie. Kills everything in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting why you don't like 3D now. If it's going to be 3D, like I want stuff that's constantly in my face the whole time. And most movies today are doing 3D, like trying to be really tasteful about it. And that even just drives home the what's the point aspect of it. Like, I had a you want a three you want a three D porn movie is what you're no, saying. No, I I just want like I want a Disney three D movie. I want like Kermit the Frog throwing stuff at me and Michael well, Jackson moonwalking in my face. I think I think animated features. It seems to me they those are a little more ripe for that kind of thing as opposed to most two uh, D or uh, live action movies. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like your freedom to do stuff in in animation is much larger. Um, there's only one really like in your face moment in the star Wars 3d version, which is there's like a star destroyer that flies out into the audience at one shot, um, which is fine. Cause there's not anything. It's an establishing shot. There's not anything else happening at that point, And it is sort of gimmicky. Um, but yeah, I kind of know what you mean. I mean, I don't know. I keep expecting the 3d movie thing to die off. Like, like the fad yeah. has overworn its welcome, but they keep making them <laughs> because, you know, I know. Yeah. I mean, I know some people prices. who go, who always pick the 3d. Um, really? I just don't, yeah. I don't Those people are marketing but, plants. They're not. <laughs> they're not real that's people. It. That's possible. I haven't looked into that. <laughs> you should check. Yeah. Uh. Well. So I mean, I think, and I mean, this seems like it's going someplace. I really. I mean, I would. I would love to have. I would love to try an Oculus. I would love to have one at home if I, you know, thought that there was enough content for one to justify the cost. But it, right now, it's obviously not like that. Not so for someday. you, anyways. Someday. Not today. Uh, All right. But, good show, well, we solved that problem. <laughs> Just solving problems left and right. That's what we do. You know, one of the things that we haven't mentioned um, uh, is, do, do, you know, do you know about this, like, gatekeeper vulnerability? Vulnerability? No. Do uh, still think I they have not fixed yet? What's the problem? Um uh that so the gatekeeper thing in, is in um OS 10 and it's yes. the thing that's supposed to stop uh, malware infection from happening uh and currently the way it, somehow the the problem is that if a signed app now can initiate an unsigned app mm. um so you could still end up getting something bad executing without your knowledge um and um, I hate being executed. They have not. My they have not fixed that, and it's been a number of months since this has been reported. That's so, weird. I have. I've heard zero about this. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like it's a good thing. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and I know. Tell me Apple, more. Apple. <laughs> Apple is. You know, has often had this problem of not necessarily fixing it, things as fast uh, as they I should. I found it in a gadget article from January fifteenth of this year. Which says that yeah. initially it was disclosed um, publicly back in September of 2015, um, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, so so okay. So back in September of 2015, he informs Apple there's a security update, but.
But after the security update came out, the same guy reverse engineered the security patch to see how Apple had dealt with it. And then he said, hey, the underlying, this is all me plagiarizing in Gadget, by the way, to be clear. He said, yeah. hey, the underlying vulnerability hasn't been addressed. They simply back- they just- blacklisted the binaries that he was using to demonstrate right. the issue. Right, Oops. right. <laughs> then they issued another security update that just blacklisted the apps he had been working with. So uh, they still haven't actually fixed the actual problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they open up Macs to altered apps that are result that are the result of man in the middle attacks when something is downloaded via regular HTTP instead of secure HTTPS. So um, <laughs> the guy who found the bug, his suggestion is only download apps from the Mac App Store or from trusted vendors that use HTTPS, or just turn off your computer and run away. That's <laughs> always a good solution. <laughs> wow, that's a uh, that's pretty. Does that? I wonder if that sort of sets into stark relief the you know. I don't know. I feel like the Mac app development scene has has grown quiet a bit. Uh, I'm always on the lookout for like new Mac apps, and I feel like, man, I don't know. The Mac app store has had a lot of problems recently in terms of uh, people yeah. leaving. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe that the whole uh, – is it that the Mac app store was not a good concept, or is it that the execution has been so poor and the support and development for the app store itself on the Mac side has been so poor. Uh, well, I, the problem is there's not very much incentive for developers to to use it, and certainly not to use it exclusively. I mean, if you're so a small you, you developer, this, like who is doesn't yeah, want to build the infrastructure out, sure, I can understand that. But for the established companies who've been around for 20, 30 years now, like right. 10, 20 years, uh, there's there's no reason. The people who are making the apps that you actually want, right? It's still <laughs> exactly. not, that's 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 an exaggeration. It surprises me how long it's been for Apple still not to have any kind of approach to here's how you're going to do free trials and here's how you're going to you know do paid mm-hmm. upgrades. Like the fact that Apple clearly has said no, both <laughs> both in the Steve Jobs era and in the Tim Cook era, no, we don't give a shit about those things for this long a time is uh, I'm surprised. I thought for sure that this was just going to be growing pains and that it was going to be a, you know a year or two till they got these things that you know they tried to ignore for as long as possible on the iOS app store, but clearly they would need for the Mac app store and then nothing. Like they just clearly don't care. I to me it feels short sighted. Like the mission is. Uh, if you're if one is being cynical, which we would never do on this show, one might say <laughs> that you avoid having free trials, et cetera, because you would rather have people buy apps whether they like them or not, because that's more total revenue. Mm-hmm. But it feels like Apple is way too rich to think that way. So I can't wrap my head around why not do it. Like why not have free trials, which like everybody wants. I don't understand. Customers want it and the vendors want it. I don't get it. Well, the Mac App Store doesn't even have parity with the with the I, iOS App Store. No, it is a parody of the iTunes App Store. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people tune into the show for classic clips uh, like that. <laughs> homonyms. That's why. Um, that, like you, there's no, there are, aren't even wish lists. Um, just like one tiny example, but the rest of it is. I mean, you open it, and it doesn't. It looks like it looks exactly like it looked the day it was first released. Yeah, there really are not a lot of improvements that have been made. And there are a lot that aren't like that they haven't made. The free trial thing I think is a great point because that was something we were all used to having, right? Like and when the iOS app store came around, they're like, well, well, you know, it's kinda hard. We don't really want to do free trials. We're like, well, it's a new platform, fine, give them a pass, even though honestly, they probably could have. 
Uh, but on the Mac App Store, it's that much more glaring because we're all used to having it. There's no upgrade pricing, which is another thing that we were all kind of used to. Like, it's the difference between creating a market when there was no market and trying to force an existing market into your paradigm, right? Like, that's just, it's not really paying off for them, either for Apple or the uh, or the developers. Probably more not for the developers that Apple at least still gets, like, you know, thirty percent of whatever they're like they're they're not doing any work and they're just you know skimming money off the top there, right? <laughs> I mean that in a not pejorative fashion, <laughs> right? They're not embezzling, but they're taking their cut and they're not really. It feels like there's not a lot of active development or interest in making the Mac App Store better. Yeah, and I don't know what the solution is. I mean, be, because there's that other venue for developers to sell it, just sell it themselves and promote it themselves, which is not available in iOS, then how do you entice more and better developers into the Mac, the Mac app, app Store? It's a really good question. And the Mac App Store... I mean, you, you, cut, you cut the 30% down? I mean, that would be one way. I feel like that's, that's a Band-Aid. Right, like I, yeah, I, I, but I don't. Yeah, right. I don't think that's the full solution. Yeah, I, I don't like the Mac App Store and the iOS App Store. Frankly, are crappy ways for a consumer to find things. Right, like their discovery mm. discovery is a big problem. Yes, yeah. Like you're going to see what's been featured, and you're going to see what's in the charts, and that's it. And if you try to search for anything, even with the improvements they've made to search, it's just like it's not useful. Like I wanted to see if there was an app to configure some old AirPlay speaker I found lying around, and when you it was by pioneer and when i searched for pioneer there were so many options including like 15 from pioneer none of which made any sense about which one was worked with which speakers and uh, then a whole bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with it no way to like easily refine your search you know amazon has searched pretty good at this point right you're like hey i want to filter by this category or department or however amazon categorizes stuff and apple's like yeah you're on your own like do yeah, best. Right. And good luck waiting really through this giant pile of shit <laughs> <laughs> and they Half still, of which is not even you know not anything remotely related to what you want. They've never gotten to that step of saying, "Hey, we're going to hide apps uh, by default that haven't been touched in X amount of time." So there's so much abandonware, and it's like crazy. Yeah, it is interesting because I do go and browse every once in a while, thinking like, "Oh, maybe I'll find some cool new app I I haven't heard of," and it's just like. The front page is just kind of a wasteland. Like, even the new stuff that comes out, it's either, A, stuff I've already heard about, or a lot of games. And it's just like, I don't play that many games on my Mac. And it's weird that they push that, but I guess there's not a lot of other super active development going on there. The, so, last, the last two apps I got from the Mac App Store that I actually use and like are, one, Arc on John Moltz's recommendation on this very podcast. Wow. Oh, you um, got that from the App Store? I didn't even know it was in the App Store. <laughs> I'll have to look. I think that's the only place it is. I think that when I was on their website, they're like, go to the app store to get it. No, no, that's no, not, no. I that's downloaded wrong. it. Oh, well, then maybe that's I'm just dead wrong. That's, that is false. Okay, so let's, I'm going to say ARQ, that that's I don't, I get nothing for ARQ. Okay, so no, I'm sure? wrong. No, I'm, I'm yeah, not okay. sure. I'm, I'm going to go with I'm wrong. I didn't get it there. <laughs> yeah, okay. But so the last app you're that I did get from there incorrect. <laughs> is, uh, is forecast.io, which uh-huh. is a menu bar you know, forecasting thing. And that app I really like, and that's in the Mac app store. <laughs> and I didn't look for it anywhere else because I saw that it was available there, but uh, so that's it. I've got three, I've downloaded literally three things according to my purchase tab from the Mac app store since last August. Uh, one of them was, <laughs> one Michael. of them was a copy, which people were talking about, which is like a clipboard replacement. It's fine. 
it hasn't blown me away, but <laughs> like, I, yeah, you gotta be pretty good to be an awesome clipboard replacement, right? Like, uh, the other two are El Capitan and OS 10 server. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've downloaded something that was like a really great Mac app. Yeah, I mean, uh, between El Capitan and Yosemite, I downloaded four apps from the Mac App Store. <laughs> I, got, then, I got, I did get one password. Um, I think I got one password. And then most, the rest, of, most the rest ago. of them are free. Solver, I got Solver, but that oh, was, you yeah. know, was almost two years ago. I, yeah, I got that years ago. But for, the only things I've bought besides Forecast Bar are um, apps that help me with the tagging of my DVD library as I was ripping it for the <laughs> NAS I use. <laughs> I have a bunch of random ones, but a lot of them are just like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll spend a couple bucks on that, play around with it, see if it's worth like a you know a write up or something like that. Uh, and the answer is generally not. <laughs> um, like the last good thing I think I downloaded was a app for making gifts because I was like, oh, I wonder if there's an easy way to convert something to a gif. And the answer was, yeah, gift brewery is pretty good. Um, but yeah, other than that. There's not a lot of other things I downloaded in the last year that I would recommend. So, well, and it, it's kind of the point now where it, it seems like it's so moribund that I would be more likely to go to a developer's website just on the outside chance that it goes away, or or that the developer decides to not use it anymore, and then you've purchased something that you don't have a like a path for upgrade anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does seem like there's no – I don't really understand why I would go there. Not that the path for upgrade on the on Mac App Store is very <laughs> clear, but, you know, they t- tend to, like, offer, like, early releases that are less for people who are upgrading or or they just lower the prices on the Mac App Store um, on the idea that, okay, well, if we get you in, then you'll probably upgrade over and over again. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the process is ridiculous. There is no process, actually. <laughs> there is no process. It's all a myth. And it seems uh, to me, speaking of things that Apple, we all assumed would change one day and never did, that iTunes has never gone away. Like iTunes is <laughs> it. They've given up. That ship has sailed. All the things that are in iTunes will remain in iTunes forever. Does I've been actively disagree? trying to murder iTunes for, for years now. <laughs> it's not working. iTunes is immortal. It can only uh, be killed uh, by the reincarnation <laughs> of an ancient Egyptian priestess and her... Pri- hmm. Nope, wait, on. Please that's don't. Some, that's wrong. something else. Never yeah. mind. Don't go there. Uh, it's with us forever. So we can't solve that. We can't solve that problem. Uh, I will say, though, if we're doing predictions, that I believe that regardless of that supposed guy working on the car leaving, I think an Apple car is inevitable. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. I think it's inevitable. I think they have to do it. I still don't get it. Like I don't. <laughs> I mean, I can. I understand why you'd be looking at that, but it's such a weird idea for an Apple product. It's uh, to me, it's because I think that car ownership is going to change, and I think that car. I think that that human driven cars are going to be uh, on their way out within probably twenty, thirty years. And that suggests to me that cars are going to be much more technology than they are like. I, w- I want motors. a robot butler before I want a robot car. Is They'll do I'm that saying. too. <laughs> I'm on board for that. If Apple wants to start building home robots, that I mean, like with the guarantee that they won't go murderous and try to kill me. Uh, otherwise, I'm okay. I don't know. I, I like th- I like driving. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like a robot car. I like is driving my too. Life. Um, however, 
if this opens up a pathway for me to do more drinking, um, I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> I'm just picturing John getting into unlimited, his robot car. Unlimited drinking while out. John is in his robot car. <laughs> John, is, I think you've it's not, it's had got, It's got enough. nothing to do with cars or technology. <laughs> Are you sure you would like to ride in the car, John? Yeah, right. You're too, too drunk to ride. <laughs> <laughs> you must be this sober to get on this ride. Uh, and all of a sudden, hey, look at this way. I mean, like, if you get drunk and you get in your Apple car, aren't we back to the same problem of you on that Disney World ride? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, but I am willing to, you know. It's usually only like five minutes between my house and the bar, so I think I can manage. You know, speaking of awesome future technologies, I really, Moltz, was intrigued by that bathroom mirror thing you posted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are really cool. There's, like, there's another this. one someone sent me a link Tell me to more. as well. Um, I guess more uh, doesn't read your blog. Yeah, I guess. John. Yeah, right. Well, why would he? <laughs> I just don't follow links. <laughs> but so Moltz posted this thing about, I think it's a Google engineer who, in his spare time at home, yeah. rigged together a series of Android-compatible devices, I think culminating now with a Kindle Fire, that drives some kind of doohickey that's broadcasting or that's, that's beaming, projecting, that's the word, projecting an image onto his bathroom mirror. So that when he goes up to his bathroom mirror, it's got the time, the weather, uh, some news headlines, and maybe like his upcoming appointments or something, all just like mm-hmm. backlit fr- coming mirror. through his mirror. And it looks mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah it looks look really cool. cool. That does look cool. Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, looks, that, like, that looks like a thing like that we saw in like the, the uh, whatchamacallit, like Back to the Future. Right. Right. He was, well, his, I believe that the blog post that Moltz linked to, the guy talked about how. Um, he was tired of not seeing mirrors from the future like he's seen in the movies. <laughs> oh, here, here's the link right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think that is that's a strangely compelling argument for a lot of people who are now in the position of being product designers, is that they were all watching those. You know, I think that's probably true for earlier generations too, but even more so now, people who grew up in the you know seventies, eighties, nineties, and were watching all those like sci-fi future movies. And they're all like, "Yeah, why isn't that a thing?" Like, and so that's hence the uh, the spate of hoverboards that are not hoverboards. Everybody wants to get in on it. Yeah, it looks really cool. That's all I'm saying. That looks look cool. They, I think Google should make that. They totally should. There's a there's another one that's um, Raspberry Pi based. Yeah, but if if Google makes that's... it, or if it's only on Raspberry Pi, then it's never going to work with our shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I you know I would be willing to use a Google device to get this. I mean, the problem really? is our bathroom you mirrors. Get... Our bathroom mirror is not. Um, uh, no, I would not switch my phone. Oh, but that's I mean, what I, I would, thought you meant. Know, I would. I would embed a Google device to do this. Oh, see, I, th- I, I figured it was getting the data. No, you're right. I figured, you, of course, it could be a standalone thing. But I was figuring it would have to get the yeah. data from my phone, but it doesn't at all. Yeah. I, I like that the second one that you sent. I guess we'll put them in the show notes. But the second one also yes. has like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, not motivations. Uh, the, 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 oh, like, affirmations. Uh, affirmations. has like a little yeah. affirmation at the bottom Daily of the screen. Daily affirmations, it yeah. Says, you look amazing today. See, I, <laughs> see, I would not like the political news because that would just drive me insane. But uh, the daily affirmations, I could I could go for that. I could you know, use a few daily affirmations. The, um, the, the first one is definitely a lot harder, though, because I don't know how he got that display yes. in there. That seems like something yeah, i don't one, have the second ability one, to do second one seems a little is, is a little bit more approachable and plus it's that one's just a wall mirror right um, i also like i also like the idea that you could just have the code up <laughs> yes <laughs> just stare at your code as you look at yourself in the mirror I, i'm putting a mirror in like a full length mirror in our in our master closet and so i was like 
if I you won't, you if I were these. technically capable of doing this, which I'm most definitely not, like this is be I don't yeah. have any hardware skills or st- skills with tools or skills uh, of any kind nor or skills. Uh, I would totally do it without telling my wife that she would walk in and see like the weather there, or maybe something much creepier like "Hello, Lauren," just staring on the screen. It's a good idea. Can't do it. Can't do it. Have the genie that from uh, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> The mirror genie. <laughs> uh, I was going to mention. Actually, this reminds me. So this is that's an interesting uh, sort of different direction for the whole smart home concept. Um, and I was playing around with more smart home stuff this past week. I found that uh, I didn't realize the Canary. Um, not not a sponsor today, but yeah, you know, they're cool. We like them. Um, you can actually hook that into uh, IFTTT now, um, and so. I made it so I can actually use the the echo to arm it or disarm it or set it into privacy mode, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, that's really neat. I mean, and that's the that's the interesting thing for me of the whole automation stuff. Like, I feel like I haven't really gone whole hog into it for reasons as discussed in past episodes. Um, but there are certain things like I was I was thinking today, like, oh man, it'd be cool if like the lights in my kitchen just came on when I walked in, like. You know, that would be that would be like a nifty thing handy at times because I feel like sometimes I'm like carrying things into the kitchen and I don't have a hand free <laughs> and the light it's, switches are so hard to use. It just feels like it would be annoying some of the time too. Yeah, that's always like, the problem is like how do you when you how do you make it smart things, enough? Like we had a dumb thing that the previous homeowners had to put in this house to get the certificate of occupancy so that they could sell it to us. And that dumb thing, which although we're in the same town, we didn't have to do for the house we sold, but they had to do for the house we bought. Makes no sense. They had to make the the door from the garage into the house swing shut automatically. And so they did. They got a little thing. You know, it's just a mechanical mm-hmm. thing. So the door yeah, swings yeah. shut on its own. And at first you're like, oh, oh that's so oh, helpful. For exhaust. Right. And they're like, oh, that's so yeah. helpful. The door swings shut on its own. And then like... 90 percent of the time you're like wow that's really fucking annoying i'm trying to bring stuff in from the car and the door keeps closing and I have, mm-hmm. i'm holding all the groceries and i have to open it and then i go back for another round of groceries and it happens again uh so we took that thing off the door again now and i feel like <laughs> with a smart home don't sell your technology, house now. <laughs> yeah well i just unscrewed it you can put it right back on but with smart home stuff i feel it's the you know like i i am happy with the echo and i'm happy with the canary and there's a couple other things we have in the house but i'm okay with them not all being automated because i feel like it's going to be annoying just as often as it's helpful if like the lights go on every time i walk into a room or whatever yeah yeah i mean it's i keep thinking about like oh maybe i'll buy like a like a you know a smart light bulb to play around with or something and then i guess the thing that always stops me is like i'm gonna pay like 60 bucks for a light bulb (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's that seems excessive like I yeah. I just don't like because you know light bulbs are great and LED light bulbs last a lot longer, but eventually it burns out, and I want to be spending sixty bucks when I have to replace a light bulb. Um, so I guess you know I just kind of feel like it's a cool idea, but it's not quite there yet in terms of compelling. Um, and you know I don't have a nest because I know a lot of people, or I I can't like rewire my thermostat; doesn't belong to me. But I know a lot of people who have one who are frustrated with them like when they do again exactly what we're talking about like they're too smart for their own good right it's like that seems like it would be really cool but the x percentage of the time where it doesn't work or does something you don't expect it's really annoying to have to like you know fiddle with it anyway (laughs) and i I feel like the the electricity in our house is flaky enough that if i (laughs) we are not ready for smart technology i mean our dumb technology is not even up to up to Mm -hmm. snuff yet and I'm not tr- going to try and layer that on top of, like, this crappy wire we have in the house. 
Hey, it's like every time I turn every time I turn off the fan in the bathroom, every time I turn off the fan in the bathroom, the surge protector in the outlet by the by the mirror pops. The, the GFI <laughs> shuts thing? all the ele- yeah. shuts all the electricity. Yeah, shuts all the electricity off in the bathroom. Like, guys, I've got a really. I, I got a I got a suggestion. You remember dumb waiters, smart waiter. Eh? Nice. Eh? Is that thing? Maybe. I will say I'm the it's happy owner. It's just a little owner. elevator that goes up and down constantly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the happy you... owner of three nests, by the way. And I just want to put that out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I fine. like them. Be that way. They're fine. They do okay. well. Yeah. It's only been like a month, so they could, they <laughs> could like, screw But this mirror, this mirror is a great idea um, that I would, you know. Did you call it the smearer? <laughs> No, I said this mirror. Oh, I, I think we should call it this mirror. The smearer. Uh, well, that, they, you know, if they want to use that, that's no. My, don't use that. That's my terrible. Gift. The smearer. My gift. I've been smeared. <laughs> it smears your mirror with information. <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> it's the worst part uh, today. I have to tell you about the smearer. I can see you totally doing that. That'd be great. Was that supposed to be Johnny? Uh, sh- no, that was just my like head a, a random Kickstarter with a Shave my head again and sit in front of a fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Steeple, steeple my fingers fire. and lean this in. John, lean in real close. smears of information. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny tidbits are called smudges. Yeah. But I would totally buy one of those. If you want to see the next section, you just smear left. I, gotta, I, gotta, I, have to, I have to get an engineering degree before I can get one of these. Yeah, yeah, or you got to kidnap a Google guy. Yeah. The oh, t- that sounds easier. The touch interface where it's like, ah, smear left, smear right. Like, it just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't quite pay off there. And, you know, eventually the, your smears could be like, um, you know, for folks who wear makeup. I was going to go gender, but I'm just going to go for folks who prefer makeup. Like, you need more foundation today or whatever. Or try a darker shade of lipstick. Or Wow. If- I Actually, that's that's pretty clever. I think I know some people who would use that. Like, Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be super that'd be super cool. I just wanted to tell me like your your shirt doesn't match your pants or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's got good uses for the colorblind as well. But, Maybe um, you should just wear a black turtleneck every day. The first of you the two, look like an idiot. The the guy who you uh, could just Max, print that on the mirror, John. It doesn't need to be a display. <laughs> daily disaffirmations. Max Max Braun's the first one that Moltz posted actually has uh, speech technology as well like that is it's, it can listen so he can say he can that i don't want he can speak reminders to it which i think is impressive well i'd be okay with that because if it was like yeah, oh maybe. show me the headlines for this versus show me the headlines for that or like what's on my account like if it did what kind of like what siri or echo did i would be totally cool with that yeah i got no problems or i could use I'd my echo to control the, my spirit. the weather the weather and the time and the affirmation that would I, that's enough for me also full credit to this guy max braun is like just an awesome name for anybody <laughs> Also good, yeah. I right, kind of right. wish my name was Max Braun, guys. Sorry. It's not. Hi, I'm Max Braun. <laughs> and then the other guy is Dylan Pierce. We'll That's not as cool. Sorry, Dylan. It's, it's, it's not so cool, though. It's better than my name. It's better than any of our names, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, Dan Warren casting aspersions of people's names is slippery stuff. <laughs> That's what my da- daily disaffirmation says. <laughs> your name is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we don't need this maybe we don't want this mirror this mirror this mirror is starting to sound mean this mirror, this mirror is an angry drunk smear smear on the wall smear, the smear oh yes that's what you have to say to get it to, to activate smear smear <laughs> uh, guys i think we're on to something uh i think we're off of something
Uh, smear, smear. Well, 